calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover. And you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry. What did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard for team collaboration. We can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about. It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier with one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Now through June 29th, you can earn up to four times rewards points on your favorite products throughout the store at Safeway. Shop for items like Coca-Cola products, Deer Park Natural Spring Water, Dannon Light and Fit Yogurt, Mott's Original Applesauce, Heinz Ketchup, and McCormick Spices. And earn up to four times bonus reward points to use for discounts on gas or groceries. Visit Safeway.com or download the Safeway for You app to earn your reward points today. Offer valid through June 29th. See store for more details. Hello and welcome to another spoiler-filled review episode from The Geek Buddies! Buddies! So judging from your screen, or or if you're listening to us right now, you only hear two voices because there's only two of us here. 
John the Outlaw Roca is still on the mend right now. Send him some good thoughts. Hopefully he's going to be back soon. So today it's just uh, it's just the two of us, the two knuckleheads holding down the fort today. Um, my name's Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Silicon Valley, Brooklyn Nine-Nine and the Goldbergs. And next to me is... Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Uh, and yeah, we are here outlawless today. Um, here to talk to you about uh, what is quickly turning into one of my favorite Marvel TV shows, She-Hulk. Um, but before we get to that, we do want to remind everybody that we are sponsored by our good friends up above me at Carbon Health. Um, for those of you that don't know, Carbon Health delivers a uniquely seamless experience with virtual in-person appointments, primary care, urgent care, mental health care, and they meet you where you are. They aim to make the exceptional expected. Just like us here at the Geek Buddies. Uh, they've got 110 locations nationwide, 80 plus locations in California alone. Their services range from COVID testing to urgent care to specialty visits, routine checkouts. Uh, and you can check for locations and appointments at carbonhealth.com. Um, you know, obviously we all know that COVID is still a thing, uh, as evidenced by the fact that Shannon and I are here without John. Um, people are still getting COVID left and right. So definitely still something to keep track of. There's a bunch of other stuff out there. It is a crazy time, y'all. So having someone like Carbon Health on hand, uh, having that doc in your POC so that you can see what is going on at all times medically, definitely a good way to live your life. Uh, and Carbon Health believes that everyone deserves a healthcare provider who is an active partner, partner supporting you in your efforts to feel better and live healthier. They're Healthcare teams have the support and resources that you need to be able to focus on and build a relationship with your healthcare provider. Um, so, with all that being said, uh, a healthy, healthy episode of She Hulk today, Mr. McClunger has She Hulk this week. Uh, you know what? I agree, dude. I was not as taken um, with last week's episode, even though, like, I really do like Tim Roth. Um, but this one, I feel like I feel like they've kind of found the sweet spot of what this show, I think, wants to be. But yes, we're talking about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 4, Is This Not Real Magic? Directed by Kat Quaro, written by Melissa Hunter, Dana Schwartz, and created by Jessica Gao. So, uh, yeah, we leave Emil Blonsky in our rearview mirrors, and now we go on to uh, another case. And it looks like uh, our buddy, our good buddy Wong, special guest, our Benedict Wong, is back with uh, with someone who may have escaped Comertage with something they were not supposed to escape with so yeah. overall overall thoughts what did you think of this one Vogel overall I mean I kind of agree with you it feels like you know the first episode was really like setting up the show like any Marvel show does and you didn't really know if this was going to be uh, a big serialized show like some of the other ones were or where it was going to go then we knew that Abomination was coming and we were like well is Abomination the big bad what is this I think there was this expectation that we were sort of just waiting for the the big arc of the nine seasons just like with WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki like most of the Marvel shows uh, with the exception of What If kind of tend to feel like a movie that's split up into parts um, and I think with this episode, it's very, very clear, you know, they kind of wrapped up Abomination. I, I mean, I, I think, I believe he's coming back um, and there will be more of him, but they kind of wrapped up a story that seemed like from the trailers, it was going to take a lot of time, did that in one episode and then moved into this really quite lovely 
standalone episode. And it really felt much more like, oh, this is what you would expect to see in a TV sitcom about lawyers. And I think the tone was kind of pitch perfect. Um, I think Wong was used great. I think Jen dating was great. I think Donnie Blaze was funny. And in addition to feeling like a, a classic sitcom, this also felt like the best version of a lighter Marvel Comics issue. Um, She-Hulk is one of these. Deadpool has a lot of these. Even Spider-Man and some of the others have these great standalone single episodes where it's just a funny random team-up. Uh, you know, it reminded me there's a Miss Marvel comic where it's a Miss Marvel Wolverine team-up. They're always a little bit lighter, a little bit sillier. You have a little bit fun um, with the superhero universe. And watching She-Hulk and Wong team up at the end of this episode to do some superhero shenanigans with a bunch of goblins was really thrilling. I had a great time. I, I, you know what? I agree. I, I, I really, really had a blast. I mean, I, at this point, I do think the effects are still inconsistent. That you will get some, um, some sections where She Hulk looks, looks a little, ah, and then you'll get some where she just looks so good. I mean, throughout her dates, I thought they just, they really put the time and money into that section. And also, uh, in the action scene at the end with her and Wong in the theater, like, I really thought she looked fantastic. This really found, for the most part, that that you know that kind of that balance of really funny comedy, great effects, and really fun action. Which at this point, I don't you know I don't feel like we've gotten that just yet. I mean, the first yeah. episode I really enjoyed, but as you said, like that was a big setup episode. But we also got some really really funny uh, guest stars in this episode. Um, one, Donnie Blaze, who you mentioned already, uh, Reese Quaro, who is actually married to the director Cat Quaro. So you know. I mean, he, he did a great job, and it doesn't hurt to be married to the director. It helps. It helps. <laughs> uh, very funny actress, Patty Guggenheim, who played Madison. Uh, one, or what was it? Two ends, one Y, but not where Two you ends, think. Two ends, one Y, but not where you think. Um, I think it's safe to say that Madison is actually the new greatest character in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. I, I need more Madison. I need a Madison standalone series. I need Madison in her own film. I want all Madison all the time. Madison and Wong watching This Is Us together might be the single greatest moment of all of Marvel history. I mean, I'm not going to go that far, but I did think I did think it was really funny. One, at first I'm kind of like, why does Wong keep hanging out with her? She keeps spoiling the television shows. But then you hear about when she first meets Wong, like, you know, I met this guy, this kind of devil guy named Jake, and I had to sign something. So it's like, oh, Wong now has to keep an eye on Madison because some demon's trying to get into our world and using Madison. Um, you, you, maybe that's portal. what you think. I think Wongers just likes hanging out with Madison. I think, I think, uh, Comertage gets really boring and shaking it up with Madison, going out on the town, trying to find the bottomless gin and tonics. Like, you know what? Sounds like a good night to me. <laughs> maybe that's going to be one of our next post-credit sequences <laughs> is Wongers and Madison and, and She-Hulk and Nikki hitting the town. My God. Oh my God. I, I, a boy can dream. A boy can dream. <laughs> but to what you're saying, to what you're saying about the effects, I agree with you. And at this point, I've just accepted. You know, like we are, and we say this all the time. We said this this week when we were talking about Lord of the Rings and House of the Dragon. Like we are really just truly spoiled. I mean, there was a time when you would watch something, a uh, Star Trek Voyager, a Deep Space Nine, a Smallville, and if you got a CG effect, you were happy. It didn't even have to be a good CG effect. It was just a CG effect, and so. You know, they clearly, clearly 
when that trailer came out and kind of got some of the response they did, they doubled down on episode one. Episode one is pretty much across the board. That's feature quality. And to your point, with two, three, and four, it's inconsistent. There's definitely moments where the mocap and the CG, it's not all working exactly in sync. It's way better than what we would normally get on any other TV show. But that uncanny valley is uh it's a tough, it's a tough valley to cross because even the most uh unaware human as far as CG technology is an expert on watching humans' faces because we do it all day long. So when anything is even slightly off on Jen's face, we pick it up. But at this point, I've just kind of accepted that as that's part of the thing that I'm, and I've just sort of put that aside to enjoy the ride uh, for what we've got. Yeah, and, and that uncanny, the uncanny valley moments that you're talking about, they're the most apparent when she talks to camera, when she does break the fourth wall. Because, you know, you think to, you think to the other shows that do break the fourth, the fourth wall, especially like Fleabag. Um, you know, that is, even Jen in human form in this show, I mean, that's, you know, that's that person staring right down the barrel uh, of right. the camera. And with, with the effect, it's, you get what that you get what is supposed to be happening and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um but it it you know it, overall like i'm trying to get to where you are where it's like okay i'm going to put this aside and just enjoy this for what it is but what's so hard is when it does look fantastic and right. the other moments where it looks like you know it looks like a video game from 2012 um but I imagine when slash if we get uh, She-Hulk in in a feature that oh, we're yeah. going to see, we're going to see uh, them we'll really the, level up those effects. Yeah, we'll get the better end of the She-Hulk effects. But like, honestly, and again, I'll I'll say this all day long. The fact that we have a TV series where at the best of what we get in it, she's looking feature quality. Like, I'm still pretty happy. I hear you. I mean, it's definitely something I notice, but... I've just let it go. But getting into the actual meat of the series. So, yeah, we open up with uh, Donnie Blaze in a uh, in what they call the Mystic Castle. But anyone who has been to the Magic Castle is like, yep, that is the Magic Castle. I've, I I know that room that they have uh, that they are copying. Um, and I think right off the bat, we just got to say Donnie Blaze as a name. Very, very close to another Marvel character. Johnny Blaze. Don't know if this is his stage name. Don't know if we're going to say that this douche is related to Ghost Rider. But uh, interesting, <laughs> interesting choice for a name, I think. You know what? Jessica Gao, actually, I think she, when, when they were on the red carpet for the premiere, a, a reporter was asking her about that. Like, because you could see uh, a poster advertising for it in the in the trailer. And they're like, so is uh, is this a Ghost Rider? Are we going to see? And she's like, nope. Like this is this is a guy with a stage name named Donnie Blaze. Like that is it. But the fact that they did choose that specific name, it's like, ah, oh, come on, guys, you know what you're doing right now. I mean, look, I've been, we've all been down this road. I'm not going to mephisto myself over over an asshole like Donnie Blaze. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do think like whether that's just a wink and a nudge or whatever it is, you know, I mean, like Kevin Feige definitely um, in in some of the interviews of late when he's talking about the more supernatural side of the Marvel Universe, like he's thrown Ghost Rider in there and Kevin Feige doesn't just slip up and like randomly mention things. So I think we're going to get a Ghost Rider. Do I think he's Donnie Blaze's uh, relation? <laughs> I don't think so. But, yeah, you know, Donnie Blaze doing his act, not going great, uh, decides to whip out that sling ring and uh, brings Miss Madison on stage and ends up knocking her into some goblin dimension <laughs> where she eventually makes it out and shows up in Comertage, uh while Wong's in the middle of watching The Sopranos and straight up spoils Sopranos. Now, first of all, that's on Wong. 
Sopranos is pretty old, Wong. I know you've been busy. I know you're the Sorcerer Supreme. But there's definitely a cap on spoilers. That being said, Madison, you fucked up. Uh, and then um just really quickly kind of getting through what happens you know we cut back to jen uh it's the day after she just got attacked at the end of episode three dad shows up love a mark lynn baker moment uh ready to like set up the cameras do everything he needs to protect her but jen doesn't really need protecting because she's literally a hulk um back at the office we go through jen's to-do list which has a treasure trove of ridiculous and silly little easter eggs in it uh she and nikki are watching her interview from the week before and wong shows up and says he has an issue and that issue is donnie blaze unfortunately for wong Comertage and sorcerers don't really do NDAs. There are no legal documents, uh, which puts Jen in a little bit of a tough spot. And again, I just want to say, this is where the show really shines. This is what the She-Hulk comic does great. It does a great job of poking holes in the logic of the superhero universe and turning that into story gold. And I think that's really what they did here. Um, so Shannon, with all of that, kind of that kind of giving the setup for the first chunk of the show, what did you think of all this? I mean, the Mystic Castle setting, again, this is a very L.A. thing because this is a place that does exist. <laughs> and Yeah, for I those mean, of you that don't know, I mean, I know we have listeners all over. Like, L.A. has the Magic Castle. It's right over near Hollywood and Highland. It looks like the Haunted Mansion from well, Disneyland. Well, and, exp- and explain, explain what the Magic Castle is. Well, I would if you would let me. <laughs> um, and the Magic Castle is actually a club for actual magicians. Um, magicians all have to audition to be members, um, and you can only go there by invite. Uh, you have to be invited by a member. You have to dress nice. You have to wear a coat. And you go in. You can have dinner there. They have some bars. You can have drinks. But the best part is everywhere you go, there are rooms where they're doing magic. They are doing close magic. They're doing big magic. They have rooms like the one that Donnie Blaze is in where it's more like giant stage magic things going on. But it is an absolute blast. Uh, I've been. Shannon's been. We've been together a few times. It is, uh, it's truly a fun experience, and it was lovely to see uh, She-Hulk give some love, even if they had to change the name from Magic to Mystic. Well, and for a moment, when they started talking about the Mystic Castle, I'm like, oh my gosh, they used this in Arrested Development as well. I'm like, did they use the same name? And in Arrested Development, it's the Gothic Castle. But I, but I had to stop the show and go and check that out. Um, but no, I mean, I, th- I thought the guy playing Donnie Blaze, Kat Coro's husband, Reese Coro, um, very, very funny. And then you can see sort of his boss, who has one of the best names in the MCU, Cornelius P. Willows, which I'm like, that is a mwah. That, that is, is a straight-up Shannon McClung name right there. That is a beautiful name. You see him, oh, come on, do the thing, do the thing, and you see him take out this sling ring. And it's great. Like, you, like watching these shows, I still kind of get into that kind of network mindset. I'm like, what a great opening. What a great cold open before your opening credits start. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you, you see him bring Madison on stage, which right from the beginning – I, I've been to the Magic Castle. I've seen some of these women. Sometimes I'm like, oh, not you. I don't want to be sitting behind you in the great magic show when you won't shut up. <laughs> but she was very, very, very funny. And then getting to Jen the next day, I, I didn't put this together in the last episode, but watching her, and you know, Nikki does mention this later. Uh, I'm just like, why is she wearing a, a man's suit? Oh, that's right. Because when she gets bigger, like that's the only thing that she can find. Having Marklin Baker show up, not just just with security equipment, but a shovel, knowing that if this guy 
finds the a-holes who attacked his daughter it doesn't matter that she's a hulk he is going to kill them and bury them in in, in, a, in an unmarked grave so that whole uh, you know back and forth was just great like I, I we mentioned it before but i love the fact that mark Wynn baker is showing up in more stuff uh, again and again and again um and then her getting in uh, to, to the office and nikki actually calls it out like we got to get you some better clothes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was which I thought was super funny. And then Wong showing up and basically laying out what should be a uh, open and shut case. I've been like, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do anything that a normal employer would do in terms of paperwork? Well, no, of course not, because <laughs> Comertage uh, does not have an HR department. So not, not big, not big on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not so much. Not big on paperwork. Um, so, yeah, just a great setup for this. I also love, I took a screen grab of it, but, like, yeah, all of the, like, finalizing Blonsky's injunction, um, ordering purple and green highlights, because, of course, those are She-Hulk colors, uh, you know, finalizing the, uh, uh, oh, shit, where is it? I can't find it. Oh, yeah, the, the cease and desist for Pete versus Runa, which is Megan the Stallion versus the Asgardian chick who was impersonating her. Uh, I also love that she has a specific time, 1147 for her bathroom meeting with Nikki. Um, you know, like, it's just like, it's just like, it, there was, it was a bunch of really quick stuff, but it's just like a few weeks ago when we totally missed that on the webpage she was looking at, there was a man with metal, uh, metal claws metal on his claws. hands and a bar brawl. Um, they're just, they're doing such a great job in these little throwaway moments, really filling it with just fun, stupid stuff. And so it's not Easter eggs on the level of, holy shit, it's Kang, what's going to happen in the multiverse saga, but it's just fun, silly little things that show that they're really keeping the geeks in mind when they're writing this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was just a, I thought that was just such a solid, solid uh, solid opening for the show. And Benedict Wong, I mean, we've talked about this many times, how much we love seeing Wong pop up. Um, he's just such a presence on screen. And, you know, you look at, like, even though not everyone was the biggest fan of Multiverse of Madness, he still had some great moments. I mean, the yeah. best, some of the best moments in the trailer are Wong. And so getting to use him, just he's just such a multi-talented performer that he does have this um, incredible screen presence that he can use not just for the otherworldly, not just for the dramatic, but he's also really funny as well. And without betraying sort of the tenets of the character. And well, that's, that's something that I think um, Tim Roth did really well as well. No, I mean, I think like you make a really great point. And I think what's making this show work and it's a hard thing to balance is these characters that can show up in super dramatic action moments and have their save the world moments, have their bad guy moments. Like nothing in this show is robbing them. It's just showing a lighter side. Like Marvel, from the moment that they started uh, in a comic book form, Marvel was always, we're going to show these superheroes save the world, but we're also going to show them in their real life moments. Because yes, yeah, sure, you might go on an interdimensional uh, journey and have to fight someone in the quantum realm and defeat Thanos and get the Infinity Stones but you also like going to the movies and you have your favorite restaurant and you have your favorite TV shows and so the fact that Wong can be the Sorcerer Supreme and fight Wanda in Multiverse of Madness but also wants to binge Sopranos and catch up on This Is Us that's something that Marvel has always done really well and watching them do that really well in the TV format is really really fun 
Well, and Marvel knowing that they have such a great ace in the hole with Benedict Wong. I mean, Jen full on says it in, in her first appearance saying, yeah, I know you're probably really excited to see Wong back. It's like we have Twitter armor for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I, Which that, I also I do love between I know I wasn't here for last week's, but uh, I do love that the Twitter armor joke or even the fact that. In within the show, they have a bunch of people complaining about She-Hulk being a woman and the female. Well, we're gonna make the female so powerful. And when they made this show, they clearly knew the response they were gonna get from a subsection of Twitter and said, "We're gonna go ahead and lean into this." <laughs> um, well, before we keep going, I think we should take our our first break here. Uh, but we'll take a quick little break, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna continue to talk about She-Hulk episode four. Hey, then. You know, well, that was that was what originally started this whole thing was the girl from Ipanema way back, you know, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I didn't know where we were going to do the break, so I didn't have time. All right, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Well, when we do catch up uh, with Jen, she is with Nikki at uh, at the legal bar. And they're working on wrapping up the Blonsky case, but they also decide to work on Jen's matcher profile. Nikki is horrified that Jen is using her corporate photo as her matcher profile, which, by the way, you should never do. It's a horrible idea. It's not cute. Um, Nikki also says something really interesting here as she is scrolling through, which is hetero life is grim. And in addition to agreeing with that, uh, it also sets us up to go, huh? What's Nikki's deal? Who's Nikki dating? Which I thought was really an interesting little detail to throw in there. Um, here, this is where Nikki suggests that Jen um, does a She-Hulk profile, which Jen is adamantly against, saying that she does not want to do She-Hulk. She wants people to date Jen Walters, and that is what she is going to do. Um, then we have Wong and Jen going over to the Mystic Castle to um, face off with Donnie Blaze. It does not go great. Flat out refuses to stop doing it and really kind of realizes that Wong doesn't have a legal leg to stand on. Um, also, here's Jen's matcher profile and acts like the douchiest guy ever using magic to be. What did he do? He goes, oh, if you want a hot date. <laughs> <laughs> he opens his phone and essentially lights a, lights a lighter. Yeah. <laughs> um, following that, we see Jen on possibly one of the worst first dates I've ever seen in my life. More on that in a second. But the slow motion battle for who is going to play the check, uh, pay the check, I have not seen since I have gone to lunch with John Roca. That's that's what I thought of when I watched it. <laughs> well, you're gonna hear about that later. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it for that one. This is what happens. This is what happens when you're not here, Johnny. We, we tell we tell stories. This is what happens when you get bronchitis. <laughs> Um, and then we go to court for the Big Donnie Blaze case. Uh, it's not going great. Uh, the judge doesn't really seem to understand the difference between the two types of magic and doesn't quite understand uh, what it is that Wong has done, which given that they've all lived through the blip, I find a little bit hard to believe, but okay, I'll give it to that judge. Uh, so they decide they have to call in a witness, and who do they call but the MCU's finest, Madison with two N's and a Y, but it's not where you think. Um, comes in really excited to see Wongers. 
<laughs> tells him tells him that if he got if he's there for texting while driving, he should just tell them that he was texting the police because they can't do anything about it. Jen informs her that that is incorrect. Sends her up on the stand, and it does not go great. So, Shannon, how do you feel about uh, dating in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to that app that app date in just a second because we have we we have a couple of you know a- anecdotes that we can throw out. But just the introduction, love the fact that um that, you know Carmitage doesn't always pick the best people that they're not batting a thousand that you know I mean forget uh, forget Mads Mickelson you've got Donnie Blaze who's stealing shit and being just a being an a hole. Um, Again, love the Cornelius P. Willows. It, it, when you see that on on the glass, I mean I, that that's one of my goals in life is to have an office with with a with a glass with a glass part that with that sort of uh, uh, ornate printing on it. Um, a lot of funny stuff there. Um, the moment where the cease and desist, they make it disappear. It's like it's sticking out of your pocket. No, it's not. I, I thought that was all. Th- that's the thing is the show, and this is not an insult. The show is silly. Like, this is a silly yeah. show. And I think the more that they actively lean into that, I think the more successful it's going to be. I mean, these characters, some some of the characters are just so over the top. I mean, Madison is such a broad character. I mean, I think you pull it back a couple of degrees, you get someone almost real but this is just over the line but i think that's by design um the the whole matcher profile when he hears the that ding so i have never heard what the apps what it sounds like when you get a match when you get a message because i always keep my phone on vibrate I, I i've never used the ringer on my phone so but but i have seen that happen where people get those notifications and you know if you're in a room with more than one person you, you see everyone kind of looking around like all right who's on who's on tender who's on bumble right now who's on oh, yeah, no, it's the uh it's the uh, it's the gay grinder horror story <laughs> it's when you're uh it's when you it's when you don't have your phone on silent and grinder has a very specific sort of droop. um and when you're in a room and you're in a conference uh with you know maybe other animation executives just for example and all of a sudden someone else in the room just goes droop, and you're like where, where's where where's the homosexual I heard I heard the noise. The gay mating call. The gay mating. <laughs> but we we get to this date and you know details are always the most appreciated part of any good piece of, you know, film or television because as we open on this guy just, you know, rambling who is an uh, LA actor named Ryan Powers who's very funny. Um you notice that he has three beer bottles in front of him and Jen is still working on her one glass of wine. So, when I was app dating a few years ago, <laughs> before I met my wife, um, there was a, a, a young lady that I had met at, at one of my uh, local establishments, um, which, you know, Vogel knows the story, so <laughs> I will truncate it as much as I can. But uh, I order a beer, she orders a Chardonnay, she plows through the Chardonnay. And I'm kind of like, okay, maybe she's a little nervous, you know, that's fine. <laughs> she orders a second, plows through that one. And I'm kind of like, I'm still working on my first beer. And I'm like, I don't want to get drunk in front of this person i don't know and then she says should we order some food and i'm like 
I'm not that hungry, but if you want to order something, go for it. So she orders a sandwich. She's going through the sandwich. Does not plow through the sandwich. She's eating it. She's eating it uh, like a lady. Um, But then she orders a third glass of Chardonnay, plows through that. Then Then the check comes. Now, when I was app dating, I, especially at the beginning, like I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna let someone else pay, but the offer really means a lot. And so when I took my wallet out, as I'm reaching for the bill, I'm watching her hands and notice that they do not move a centimeter. My favorite part about this story is that you are the Jen Walters. Like, like that's my favorite part about this. Like in a show, in a show that is all about like this is this is what the female experience is like, and this is what it's like to date. And you're like, I have a story, and you're the Jen Walters. I just think it's very adorable. <laughs> Well, it worked out. It worked out in the end. But that was one of those moments of because one, I had also not spoken with her on the phone ahead of time. And her voice was uh, was uh, Fran Drescher like. And I was like, oh, this is not this is not going well. And then I see it like, oh, and you're cheap. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like that really that really angered me. So for <laughs> so- those of you listening at home, don't get on Shannon's bad side. That's the moral of this story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I won't no, buy was- you a second meal. But no, the details were great. I mean, I just love, because this is also something that happens in LA, when he was like, I'm an entrepreneur. And he was, she was like, for what? And she, he's like, no, I don't know. Like, like TBD. It, TBD, TBD. Or like the fact that he said he was a real New Yorker because he lived there for 14 months. Like, <laughs> the writers the writers of this show are pulling from reality for for this part. Like, it, it, like everything was so specifically on brand. And I have gone on dates where I was just like, and especially like the whole part where she like just kind of like gave up and was just talking. She goes, well, I do, you know, I'm a superhero. I work for a superhero law firm. Yeah. Cause I'm a superhero. Yeah. I'm a Hulk. Uh huh. I mean, could not have been a worse date. Like it was just brutal. Well, and also this is, this is where we get to lean into the comedy of Tatiana Maslany is when he, when she pays for the drinks, like (laughs) they're both reaching into their bags as she gets her wallet out. We see he pulls out his keys. Hey, this was great. We should really do this again. She's like, that's an idea. (laughs) Like she, she plays that. uh, She played that just so, so perfectly. Really, really funny. Um, Maybe a a little too empathetic for me in that I'm like, oh yeah, I've been in this situation. But overall, I thought that was, I thought that was a great scene. I think the scene really, I think the scene really triggered you. I am sweating up a storm right now as we're talking about it. <laughs> but I think it also serves a really good story purpose. I mean, yes, it is really funny and it's really pushed to the most ridiculous, but it like they they walk this really fine balance in the show in that all we all want to see She-Hulk. We think She-Hulk's awesome. We want to see as much She-Hulk as possible. But we have a main character that constantly doesn't want to be She-Hulk. So first they put her in a job where she is forced to be She-Hulk when she is in the office. So, okay, she really needs the job. We've established that, so she does it. But here we do it on the uh, dating side as well. Like, Nikki's like, you should do a a She-Hulk profile. She is adamantly against it. And the only way that we as an audience are going to believe that she does what she does in this episode is that we live through this date with her. And you go through this date and you're like, yeah, I would do that too. I am 1,000% on board with you need, you need to do this. So we get to the courtroom. 
very very funny stuff especially when madison shows up with a drink that that is that is one of mike vogel's go-to drinks that was that was clearly a vodka soda with a twist um and just her like you can't have a drink in here and she gives it to the bailiff and says hey you can finish it i'm not sick (laughs) i also like really small detail that i loved is she said her name was Madison and the lawyer for Donnie Blaze wrote something on his legal pad and then she said with two N's and a Y but it's not where you think and you saw him cross something out on his legal pad like he thought he had written it but then he wrote it wrong. It was just such a stupid little thing but it made me laugh so hard. That actor, his name is uh, Mike Benitez and another really, really funny guy. If you, if any of you watched Wrecked on TBS, he was in the first season. Really, really funny. And if you haven't seen Wrecked, it's a very, very funny show. But back to She-Hulk. Yes, everything was great. And um, yeah, yeah, that was that was where we ended, right? Or was yes. there something after that? No, no, that's where that we ended with okay. that. But I just also I love that she calls him Wongers. Like Wongers is just a great. I'm gonna start calling him that now. It's his new. It's his new name. And just the silliness of this whole thing. Like again, taking this idea. You know, we've seen these episodes. We've seen the Marvel universe. We've seen people get tossed into different places for dramatic reasons. We've seen people like we've seen everybody show up in Endgame through these portals, and it's the most epic thing. And we all cried, and it was like this is the best moment I've ever seen in movies. And so just to see this really, really. Um, alcoholic young lady uh knocked into a goblin goblin realm make a deal with a demon for her soul that she can't really talk about the deets on uh and just like again like it's it's like i'll just keep saying it but like they're doing such a nice job of taking all the things that we know in one context and putting in a different context and really just having as much fun as possible with it yeah and also before we go to break where in the world was Madison <laughs> that it looked like it was about noon and she's in a hopping club sipping on vo- vodka soda? Well, I mean, and it really, to your point about it being like over the top ridiculous and overly broad, like if you pulled Madison back a little bit, she's a tragedy. Like if you pull her back into reality, like she is, a, she's a very tragic character. But when you push her to this limit, it's like anytime Madison shows up, she's going to have a drink in her hand. Like that is, that's where she's at. In fact, I think when she came into Wong's in the first time, I have to go back and watch, was she still holding her drink after going through the goblin realm? I feel like she was, but I might be, I might be imagining things. It wouldn't surprise me if she was. It's just wishful thinking on my part. If it's not there. Um, but yeah, so yes, let's take a quick break. Uh, come back and talk about, uh, Jen Walters uh, on a date, on several dates. The big finale. Yep, still. Nothing? Got nothing. Got nothing. Give us the MCU. Give us the MCU. Come on. No? You know what came came to mind was the animated Justice League theme. I don't know why that was. That's what popped into my head. Seemed horribly off-brand. That would not have been appropriate. Not appropriate. (laughs) Um, all right, coming back to <laughs> She-Hulk after Shannon's complete fail on the musical break. Um, so Jen is back. I'll tell you. There it is. There it is. Shannon, Shannon, uh, Shannon with the hot finger. By the way, I love in our comments on our weekly episode how much you all enjoy Shannon making himself laugh. You all enjoy sh- make- Shannon making himself laugh almost as much as Shannon enjoys making himself laugh. It's a close race. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. 
I know. Do we need to take another break? You good? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll recover. <laughs> All right. So uh, Jen, much less happy than Shannon McClung on a Friday night, uh, decides to go for it and make a She-Hulk profile. And lo and behold, it works wonders. And she is killing it at the match game. Um, gets a bunch of uh, matches. And we see her. Uh, she does let us know in the fourth wall break that she's not proud of it. Um, and she goes out on a series of dates that... Also, all clearly pulled from reality for the most part. We've got the dude who yells at his waiter. We've got the weird dude who talks about being a producer in the movie that he's writing. Um, We've got the super creepy superhero guy who's obsessed with her and wants to know if vibranium will break her skin and really wishes he had some so that he could try it out, which really was the creepiest part of the dating sequence. And then she meets... Seemingly the perfect guy. He is hot. He is sexy. He's a pediatrician. This is a win down the board. He's super sensitive. He listens to her. He wants to hear about her story. He says, I understand that must be really rough for you. I'm really listening to you right now. And then he wants french fries. Like, honestly, at this point, I was like, this could be the season finale and they could get married and I would be good. Um, Meanwhile, at the Mystic Castle, Donnie Blaze, trying to double down on his act, really fucks up and... Makes an egg hatch that a goblin, demon, rat, mogwai comes out of. Uh, we're called what do we call that. Um, tries to get rid of it, doesn't go great, and ends up infesting the Mystic Castle with a bunch of rat, goblin, demon babies. Um, goes to Wong. I need your help. Wong is like, I'm doing this for the universe. I'm not doing it for you. Call my lawyer. Lawyer doesn't answer because lawyer is hooking up hard with super hottie McPediatrician. Um, Wong interrupts the hookup um, and drags Jen to the Mystic Castle. And we really get uh, the first She-Hulk team up. I mean, the only real major action action we've seen in the series up to this point is her and her cousin beating the shit out of each other on the island and destroying Bruce's bar. And then we see her knock Titania out. um, But we haven't really gotten a big moment. And this is... A full superhero team up. Uh, you know, Jen's like, what do you want me to do? And Wong is like, I want you to be a Hulk. And she is. Uh, these things aren't going to hurt her. She's a Hulk. And so watching her sort of whip those things at Wong as he's whipping the portal around to try and get them in there. Like, it was silly and it was stupid. And I loved it. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was super, super cute. Shows up back home after uh, her, her Marvel superhero team up. Little bit of goblin goop on her face, little bit of goblin ear in her hair, but that dude didn't seem to care, and she carried him to bed, and this is amazing, everything looks good, super awesome night of superhero sex, next morning, squeeze a bunch of oranges, dude comes out, not excited to see Jen Walters, Uh, he was there for She-Hulk, doesn't really know, it's a super awkward morning after, we've all been there, it was not cute, I felt, I felt real real for her. Um, and then, um, and then she gets served and it looks like, um, uh, superhero influencer Titania has trademarked the She-Hulk name. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. And then as Jen says, kind of bummer way to end an episode, but I bet we got a super fun tag and she's not lying because who is back one more time? Madison. Madison and Wongers watching a little This Is Us. I can relate. Talking drinks. And watching Madison go through every possible drink. Have you had? Have you had uh, tequila sunrise? Have you had blue curacao? 
what is it? Ah, that's blue. Have you had this? Have you had this? Have you had this? And then getting really excited about yak milk. It was honestly, it it, it might be the Captain America fucks tag for me. It's it's, it's that good. Uh, so Shannon, how do you feel? What are what are your thoughts here? I think thus far, out of out of our four episodes, this was the strongest third act, uh, if you will. Um, I, I think the moment that she calls Nikki and is like, hey, I'm going to need you to do this thing tomorrow. And she goes, you know, tomorrow is Saturday, right? And then she looks at her phone to find out that there are no matches. Like, why would that be a notification? That was the first thing I thought. I'm like, why would that be a notification? And then to have her say it, I'm like, oh, bravo, writers. That was smart. <laughs> and then also, if you looked at her phone, the screensaver is Captain America's ass. Oh, yeah. Which, no, it's been that since uh, episode two. We saw it as well. I see. I That was my first time watching. I'm like, what was that? And I had to look. I'm like, oh, it's Chris Evans's butt. Yep. Um, so then the moment, you know, she 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 hulks out. She she makes the She-Hulk profile. She watches all these matches. And then going through the guys, it's the same caliber of guy as she got when she was still Jen Walters. Like, you know, you've got the one guy, the, the first guy, I believe he's a wrestler. I believe he's from the WWE, but you get him yelling. You get the, the douchey filmmaker talking about his, you know, his opus. And then we get to the, the, the last, the, the third guy who is an actor named John Bass, who that dude's coming back. That guy might be the boss that the wrecking crew was talking about the week before, because he was talking about enough sciencey stuff referring really? to her as a specimen. That's my guess is that he he's coming back in some in some capacity because also in the closing credits he's listed right up there next to you know Ginger Gonzaga. So it's like okay, so you're you're coming back and you're you're a, you're a well-known enough dude that you could be one of our one of our minor bads for this season. But yes, then she gets to the pediatrician, the moment that he says do you want to split some fries <laughs> that to watch her eyes light up and like, let's get those fries to go again. The effects in this section were so good yeah. and like watching it a second time. Cause you know, the first time just kind of watching it to watch it, watching it the second time being like, God, I wish they had the budget to do this for everything because this section is so, so good. You know, we cut over to the Mystic Castle. We see Donnie Blaze going back to the well because the, the, new, the new Madison um, is, is like, I've seen this before. And then watching all hell break loose. And we get to Wong hugging a pillow, like a body pillow, as he watches This Is Us. And I will tell you, watching him, watching him hug that body pillow while he watched it was the most real thing because that is basically my position watching every episode of This Is Us. <laughs> uh, great moment of Wong jumping into action here. I do think it's, I think it's funny that, you know, the camertage that we see from the Doctor Strange movies and the camertage from She-Hulk, a little different. <laughs> <laughs> but still, but still works. <laughs> but then you haven't seen every room you don't know it's fine it's all it's all it's close enough sure (laughs) sure Um, sam raimi didn't want to show you wong's tv room sure that makes that we know they get wi-fi (laughs) chaiwata edgeofor said that in the first movie shambhala that's the password (laughs) we we all know the password (laughs) that's a smart tv (laughs) but Watching that action scene start, we get to see, you know, kick-ass Wong from the movies. And then watching Jen and this guy, like, having that moment on the couch, which, again, 
be you know having you know be having been an app dater <laughs> being like oh yeah i remember this i remember when it's going well and being like all right well i'm on the couch what's gonna happen from here and then you know the the phone buzzing the phone buzzing watching the portal open and then wong asking why aren't you answering your phone ah <laughs> And then as she joins him, he's like, I feel like I'm your dad right now. <laughs> That's just so much fun. And then watching watching the two of them work together. I mean, one, the moment that she steps on the on the demon goblin and you see the splat, but that it doesn't die, I immediately thought of the creatures from Shang-Chi, um, even though it's a different, you know, it's a different way of not dying. But then watching them team up defeat the defeat the goblins who then start to morph into more of like kind of like a demon dog from ghostbusters um that was just a blast and again the effects look so good and like watching watching she hulk throw these things leap up in the air it's like ah this is so much fun and then as she confronts uh donnie blaze and cornelius p willows (laughs) cornelius p willows line of like hello my lady (laughs) I (laughs) i thought that was delivered so perfectly and then, you know, she returns back to the date. She picks him up. The next day we see, we see, it's, it's so funny what they did because I feel like there were some comments, not in a, not in a, I mean, maybe in like a sexist, misogynistic way, but about the look of Tatiana Maslany is like, oh, she's very plain Jane. And it's like, well, that's what you need for her to become She-Hulk. Like you need that difference. And watching even, even, hot pediatricians can be assholes because the moment that he comes down the stairs, we know that look men have that look. Women have that look too (laughs) of, yeah, I got to get out of here. And, you know, he, he excuses himself. You, you know, our hearts go out for Jen in that moment because we're really at at this point, we're really, if you're enjoying the show, you're really on, you're really on this journey with her. Um, And then they close with a great comic scene of that process server. Um, the moment where she says, yeah, I recognize a process server. And then they have that, that kind of back and forth. Like, Oh, is that how you do it? Your honor. <laughs> and she shuts the door. <laughs> I was like, again, that is solid sitcom writing. And then, you know, we get to our tag with uh, Madison and Wongers and the fact that she's in a big hoodie. It's the hoodie that, that does it. it I, I, I was watching it again. I swear to God, and I was like, "It's her, it's the hoodie. It's that it's that moment where you've like been up all night with your friend, and you're like, uh huh. Do you do you have any yak milk? Because I could really, I really want to taste that yak milk right now. Like, and then when she was like, when she was like, what's your favorite drink? And he was like, gin and tonic. And she's like, Wallers. <laughs> It's it's the juxtaposition of super glammed up for the club, and then we see you know you we see the four in the morning the four in the morning look. I mean, had she been in one of those kind of giant onesies that you all take to Burning Man with like the, the okay, unicorn first of all, or the dragon? First of all, don't say it dismissively. Everybody loves a onesie. I'm not saying it dismissively. I'm using it as a point of reference. Mm, <laughs> there was a tone in there. <laughs> But just seeing seeing that attire and the fact that she wants uh, a, a vodka and yak milk from from the wedding that's left over. By the way, what, which what? sounds horrible. Oh, which sounds disgusting. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm assuming yak milk is going to be like goat milk, um, but also not something that's on the menu for me. But just a solid, you know, that was just a solid episode. Again, they just found that sweet spot, that that really really great balance. But to know that. Titania is suing her 
because she, Titania went and trademarked She-Hulk first. Um, that was, you know, that was just really, really smart, really, really fun. And yeah, then I'm really, we've not really. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. What you say? We haven't. No, no, I was just saying really... we haven't. We haven't really talked about like the courtroom sketch credits, which. The quarterly sketch credits are so much fun. I mean, you know, like they, you know, all the Marvel shows have like their vibe with the credits. Uh, I thought Miss Marvel uh, was one of my Miss Marvel was probably one of my favorite end credits thus far. I thought mm. they did such a great job. There was so much energy to them. But She Hulk is really giving it a, love, a run for its money because the the design style of the courtroom credits is so great. And the fact that each week sort of has its own little thing, like it's only like, like was Donnie blaze in the mirror dimension in one yes. of the shots? Like, so there's just a lot of things in there that are just, it's really fun Easter eggs before you get also just credit to them. Like I'm just thrilled that every single episode has a tag, you know, yes. like, like, you know, with the, you know, with, with WandaVision, with Falcon, like they usually saved the post credit sequence for like the last episode or the second to last episode, like to really kind of get you to the end of the story because the whole thing was treated as more of like a movie that was split up into parts. Whereas with the She-Hulk, because it is sort of sitcom and these little, we have these like cases of the week, we have these things that kind of wrap up. It allows you to sort of have those moments. And I just love that we have one every single week. Yeah. I mean, we, I don't think, I don't think I remember to bring it up last week, but um, Emil Blonsky on a bus leaving his seven soulmates as he's kind of waving goodbye as they're in tears. I mean, that's so funny. And then like we see Madison signing the contract with Jake, uh, you know, just, it's just so, it's so creative and it's, and it's using, using what's on the table. Like, absolutely. It would be, it would be a courtroom sketch artist credit sequence. Like that's so smart. And the fact that they are, they are able to get a bunch of little joke tags in there. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Question, uh, as we wrap up for you, first of all, um, where is she Hulk landing in your Marvel Disney plus TV thing, uh, ratings at the moment? And two, where do you think we're going? Because there clearly is like a bigger arc to this. We've had the guys show up that tried to, uh, to try to get her, uh, we backing up. Bruce Banner made a big enough issue about her blood and destroying it that we know that that's important. We then have that wrecking crew show up and try and like puncture her to get her blood to your point, which is a really good call. Her one date refers to her as a specimen. So it does seem to be that as a direction that we're going, but um, Titania is coming back clearly really excited to where she, where she goes. If you watch the coming attraction mid season trailer that they released on YouTube went big on Charlie Cox, uh, mm-hmm. Very, very exciting. Um, as I think, as we said from the very beginning, like I've been waiting. I want to see Jen Walters and uh, Matt Murdock in a courtroom together so badly. I can't even deal with it. So where do you think things are going? I mean, my guess is that, well, as you said, Abomination is coming back in in some form. Whether that's going to be sort of like the big WandaVision finale or if it's going to be, because we are sort of establishing a little bit of an arc, even though the show is very episodic. Um, there, there's enough happening with her blood and with Titania. Ultimately, I think like Titania is one of our bads. Is she our big bad? I kind of doubt it. I think it's going to be John Bass. Uh, I think it's the guy who actually wants to get the blood because uh, someone who wants to beat you up is not as dangerous as someone who wants to take your powers. Yeah. Uh, to, to me, at least. Um so that's kind of my thought is John Bass is coming back. Titania is coming back. I would not be surprised if She-Hulk and Titania end up having, end up teaming up 
at some point to take on whatever John Bass is cooking up. That's kind of my guess right now. Honestly, at this point, no, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say at this point, I wouldn't even be surprised if She-Hulk and Abomination teamed up. Like that, like the the show the show's tone is so um, light and fluffy, and I mean that as a compliment. That they can kind of go in whatever direction, and mainly because of the way that they've taken Emil Blonsky as a character uh, and Abomination. Like he's not, he could be a bad guy. But he kind of doesn't have to be a bad guy anymore. Like, like the it's all very open to uh, where they want to take it. Yeah, I mean, is there a world where Titania and John Bass end up on the same team? And I don't know. This is just this is just fanboy speculation at this point. What I what I'm curious. What I was going to ask you: Do we think Bruce is coming back, or do we think he's gone into space for the MCU films? It feels like we kicked Bruce off into his next movie adventure. I mean, that that's really, whether whether it is the MCU's version of World War Hulk, which is what everybody wants it to be, or whatever, it, it definitely seems like Sicarian ship shows up for Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner hops on the ship and goes off into space to deal with that. That seems to be the way that Marvel does their stuff best. That, like, Bruce is gone now. He's not there to help Jen. Because it is also like, you know, if if you were being logical about things, if anything really went down with Jen and it was bad, like, call your cousin. He's the Incredible Hulk. But the Hulk is gone now. Like, he's off doing his thing. So it'll be interesting. Everyone's going to be real, real bummed if he does show up and say, well, I took care of that Sicarian thing. And then we're all like, ah, no world. Wow, we're winning our Bruce Banner movie. <laughs> okay. So I think that brings us to the end of this episode of She-Hulk, Michael. Well, you didn't say where it fell in your uh, Disney Plusness. Oh boy! So at the top of my of my rankings, it is very solidly Hawkeye and WandaVision. Um, I'm gonna remove What If because What If is just its own thing. At the bottom is de- is definitely Moon Knight. Um, gosh. Would I put it above Falcon and Winter Soldier? Because, you know, I did do that rewatch after our drive back from Comic-Con, and there's so much good stuff in that. Ah. It is not... It, it could end up competing with Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, Loki, and, and She-Hulk are all kind of hanging out in the same area. I think that's right. I think that's right. I think... Miss Marvel might be a little bit higher for me than it is for you. Like, I think for me, like, WandaVision, Hawkeye, and Miss Marvel are kind of, like, at the top. But She-Hulk is definitely nipping at the heels. Like, depending on how they stick the landing, I mean, we're pretty much, we're four episodes in, we've got nine. So, you know, we're just at the cusp of, like, going past the halfway point with next week. And so then, it really does just get into everything that we're talking about. It's like, what is, where are you going? What is this big wrap up? What's the big finale? Where do we land with Jen Walters at the end of this? Uh, and I think if they really stick that landing, um, Shield's going to be a big one for them, I think. You know, it'll be curious to see what happens once Matt, Matt Murdock enters the scene. Is he yeah. going to be in one episode or is he going to be a player going forward? Um, yeah. And also, I mean, who else... Could maybe show up. I mean, have have we seen everything? Are they or are they being honest when they say like, oh, there's there's more stuff coming? I mean, look, they're yeah. Given the way that they're kind of playing around with the Marvel universe and kind of the caliber of people that they're bringing in. I mean, aside from aside from Matt 
in the two seconds that he was in uh, Matt, like he's my best friend, aside from Daredevil being in No Way Home for like two seconds in that one scene, which we all loved, this is going to be the first time that we really get to see Matt Murdock in any kind of like uh, major way. And it's the first time that we're going to see actual Daredevil in the MCU and he's in his yellow costume. So mm-hmm. they're really like, they're bringing the guns out for this. Like this is a, they're using She-Hulk to bring Daredevil into the MCU in a big way. And that they've already revealed. We know it's coming. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were holding out uh, a couple big cameos maybe for the end of the season. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, they're actually um, in the to-do list that Jen had. I, this was not me. I think it was Screen Crush that kind of uh, postulated this. But Jen was also working on a privacy, uh, a, a case about privacy, um, or setting up some precedent, checking precedent on privacy. And just with the fact that uh, uh, um, Kamala Khan has basically been all but confirmed to be a mutant, and we know that mutants are slowly going to make their way into the MCU in some way... Um, and we know that the government likes to put mutants on registries and have them register and know who's a mutant, who's not. Wouldn't be, wouldn't it be great if mutants had a lawyer, uh, who could represent them and fight for privacy? So I do think Jen Walters has a very, very bright future in the MCU, both as a lawyer and a superhero. So I'm excited to see where it goes. As am I, this, this episode got me excited for next week's after, after episode three, I was kind of like, ah, okay, you know, we'll see. Uh, uh, but this episode, again, really, they, they, they did a great job with this one and has gotten me excited for the rest of the season now, especially because Daredevil's coming in. Yep, so. absolutely. All right, so. well, that is our She-Hulk spoiler review. I hope you enjoyed hearing just from me and Shannon. And uh, we didn't have Johnny Roca here. Uh, I am curious to know what he thought about this episode. And hopefully he'll be back with us next week so that we can all duke it out on episode five. Um, but thank you guys uh, for joining us this week. And, of course, thank you to Carbon Health uh, for all that they do for us. And you guys should thank Carbon Health for all that they can do for you. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at Geek underscore Buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore Geek underscore Buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, there we go, got the point right. It is at MKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca says. Yeah, and if you guys enjoyed this, and particularly if you enjoy when all three of us are together, here are some things that you guys can do for us. Uh, definitely hit that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Just give him a little gift while he's recovering. Wouldn't he love to go see those subscriptions just go through the roof? So just go over there, subscribe, help a brother feel better. Uh, leave your comments below. What did you think about this? Are me and Shannon way off base? Are you guys not loving She-Hulk? Do you think that there's big issues that we're not seeing? Do you agree with us? Do you want to see what's coming next? Who are you excited about? who might be coming in as cameos. Let us know your thoughts below. We'd love to see what you guys think. If you're listening to us uh, on any podcast, anywhere podcasts are downloaded, sold, and distributed, uh, go ahead and leave some stars and some comments there so that we go up in the rankings. And uh, as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. So that is it for this uh, this week's spoiler-filled review episode of The Geek Buddies. We're going to be back next week. And, uh, yeah, keep your fingers crossed that Johnny Roca will be back as well. So that is it. We will see you next time on The Geek Buddies!
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.